It's no secret that I'm a major advocate for finding ways to diversify your creator business to help you create consistent income. And one of the ways that I've done this for my business is through my membership program, Social Suite. There are over a hundred creators that have joined and we have an incredible community where we can network, get advice, and just share the unique experiences that we have building creator businesses. Helping other creators navigate this confusing industry is something that I'm so passionate about. So creating a place where I can share my knowledge and resources and create a community of creators who are supportive and also passionate about creating content was such a natural business move for me. Maybe now over a year later, it all sounds really easy, but starting this new branch of my business was scary. I've never had a membership before. How was I supposed to navigate this experience? Maybe you're in the same situation now. And so today we're going to talk about exactly how I did this. I'm Kristen Buscan. I've been a full-time creator for over three years and I've brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, I'm giving you the scoop on how I built this membership with over 100 other creators. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 113 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here today. Social media has absolutely gone crazy (laughs) in the last week. And I saw a video that I want to talk to you guys about that's related to the news that really has just got my wheels turning about what the heck the future of social media will look like. So let's talk about the news first. And I'm going to weave in this video and the topic that I want to talk about a little bit before we get into the rest of our episode. First things first, TikTok is testing an ad-free subscription tier outside the US. So this would get rid of any ads served by TikTok, not any sponsored work. There's no way for them to really like shield those from people. But any ads that are being served by TikTok would be gone if you were to be part of this ad-free subscription tier. It looks like it was going to be about $5. And it says currently there are no plans to bring it to the US. But just the fact that they're testing it in other places doesn't mean that this is isn't going to happen in the future. That's the first thing that I want to talk about. Really related to that, Meta is exploring the possibility for Europeans to pay for an ad-free version of Instagram and or Facebook by opting out of ad targeting. So it would be $14 a month for one platform or $17 a month for both. And they are basically considering this because of the EU's data privacy regulations, which are limiting the ability for Meta to personalize ads based on user activity. So this is another one of the huge platforms that is considering having an ad-free version that people would have to pay for $14 or $17 a month. Part three of this on the same kind of note here is Twitter or X is planning on launching new pricing tiers for what they're calling X premium. Basically, it would be a very similar experience where you're either getting like full ads and that would be in like the basic option. You would get half the ad exposure in one of the tiers and then no ads in the highest tier. 
Now, here's the thing with this. Uh, I was actually sent a, a video by one of my social suite members, Sophia, of this guy talking about, and I'm going to have to link it for you guys. This guy was basically talking about how crazy all of this is, that social media platforms are, as a whole, all moving to have some sort of a paid subscription in order for you to view content without ads. And it's funny because in that video, he had mentioned like, you know, a lot of you guys are probably like, whatever ads are not that bad. Like I can deal with them. But I think of very recently when Hulu was doing some, I don't know, promotion where basically they were offering it to you for $12 a year and you had ads. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Cause we pay so much every month. Like, yeah, we can deal with the ads to just, you know, have such a, it's a dollar a month for Hulu. Absolutely sign me up. So Andrew and I canceled our regular Hulu subscription and we went into this $12 a year Hulu subscription with ads. And I, maybe it's just like, I'm so spoiled with the way that like, this is a first world problem so bad. But I halfway through the year was like, I can't do this anymore. Like the ad, there were so many ads that it was completely unbearable to even like turn on Hulu. And so I just half the time was like, I can't even I'll just watch Netflix. And so this is kind of reminiscent of what they are talking about here with all of these social media platforms kind of having these subscriptions where it is ad free. A lot of us are like, we can deal with the ads, but what this video that I'm referring to was talking about is something called calculated misery. And this is essentially where like they make it so unbearable for the free version that you want to pay for the higher version. And even though in the beginning of all of it, you were like, I can deal with the ads. They make it so horrible that you're like, I don't even care what the price is. I will pay because this just sucks so much. Um, And they kind of related it to like the airline industry, how all of the airlines made the seats smaller. Some of them you don't even get a, you know, a free soda on. You have to pay for Wi-Fi and all of these things that maybe not Wi-Fi, but used to be free or included or like a totally different experience. They all banded together and made this kind of big change where it's just really shitty and annoying to fly at this point unless you pay for premium, right? Unless you pay for business class or first class or whatever, then you're stuck in this tiny little seat. Maybe you'll get a drink. Maybe you won't. It really just depends. And so this was really interesting for me to watch because I knew eventually that because like we're watching TV less and, you know, we're doing other things. We're watching, we're spending so much more time on social media and it's overwhelming so much of our lives that it would make sense for these platforms to eventually have paid options. They, I feel like they would be stupid not to, but it's just really scary to think that this could be something that's in our future. I personally can't imagine paying $17 a month to use Instagram and Facebook and another $5 a month to use TikTok. It just feels so crazy considering it's free now, but this is what so many of the other, you know, like streaming platforms and things like that have done in the past. So I'm going to link the video for you. The guy explains it a lot better than, than I did, but this was just something that I was kind of like mind blown by. And it just has made me feel really weird about social media. I feel like I don't know what to think. (laughs) 
So aside from this, Instagram is rolling out the option to share stories with multiple group lists. So along with your close friends, you'll be able to share with other groups that you've created. So you could create a group with up to 250 people and essentially share a story that is specifically to that group. I really like this option. Like I think I have different groups of friends that maybe I would want to share different things to. And I think this is a really great, easy way of doing it. So I'm into it. Another thing that they're kind of doing, and and this is where it gets a little bit confusing for me personally, they have this new feature that they're, they're working on that they announced at Instagram University, which was just last week, called Cruise. And this is for private story sharing. So you can share it to your quote unquote crew. And also to make it more confusing, if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about something called hall passes being tested. It almost sounds to me like these are all the same thing. So this ability to create like a a separate list of people that you're going to share stories to. I don't know what it's going to be called for sure. It seems like Cruise is the most public name that Instagram has said, but I don't know if that's the final say. So either way, the ability to privately share stories to specific groups of people is coming, whatever it will be called. We'll find out. Also at this Instagram university event, they announced that there will be birthday effects on profiles if you would like there to be. So you can choose who you have your birthday shared with. It could be no one, could be just your close friends. It could be followers that you follow back. You can share when your birthday is, and then you will have birthday effects on your profile on your birthday. Just a cute little touch. Also, if you're someone who has the notes feature, you will in the future be able to add audio clips and selfie videos to those notes, which I think is really cool. I personally do not have this. And I remember speaking to someone at Instagram who said that if you have a business or creator account, you will not have this. I don't know that that's true, but I'd love to hear if you guys do have notes and if you have this feature yet. Also, one other thing that they announced at Instagram University was this trivia game within live streams. So you can actually, in your live stream, play a little bit of trivia with your audience, which I think is kind of cool. A little fun, little thing there. So much just got dumped on you with the news this week. Go watch the video that I tagged talking about the social media kind of like paid tears because it's kind of like a mind-blowing video that I again I just feel I don't know how to feel about it so I want you guys to go watch it and then come back and send me a dm and let me know how you feel Without further ado, let's get into the rest of this episode. It's no secret that having multiple streams of income in your business as a creator is pretty much mandatory. We can't just constantly be relying on brand partnerships to pay our bills. I think we can all agree that they're typically pretty inconsistent. So the idea of expanding the different things that you're offering in your creator business is something that you should all be exploring if you have not already. One way that I've done this was through my membership program, Social Suite. You guys have heard me talk about it a million times. But when I first started Social Suite, I had never done this before. So I, in the last, what, year and a half almost, have been thrown into creating a membership program and have really learned so much that I'm really excited to share with you today. Also, this is a topic that came requested to me through the DMs. So if you ever have something that you want me to cover on an episode of Social Scoop, please feel free to send me a DM 
DM and let me know and I'll do my best. Now I broke this into kind of seven different steps that I went through when I built Social Suite and I hope that this helps you guys out. But as always, before we get started, you know that my DMs are always open. So if I'm going through something that you have more questions about, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. When you're considering a membership program, I think the first step to do is market research. You need to make sure that you fully understand your audience, you need to understand the market, and you need to understand the entire full picture before you decide to put all your time and effort and energy into building this membership program. So when it comes to step one, market research, there were a few different things that I kind of asked myself and some research that I did before I even thought of a name for my membership program. First things first was what are the problems that my audience has and how do they like them to be solved? So I really started to think about what are the things that I'm getting asked very frequently? What are the things that you know, maybe people are Googling a ton. You can use something like uh, answerthepublic.com where it will tell you all of the different things that are being Googled about like a, cer- a certain topic. So you need to figure out what the heck is the problem of the people in your audience and what do they actually need from you in order to solve those problems. And this in so many different courses that I've taken for business or even in, in business school, I learned a lot about actually speaking to your audience, like having one-on-one interactions over, you know, maybe a video call or a phone call where you talk to the people that would be your ideal customer and actually hear the way that they answer your questions. This is a really, really important thing. Again, just in marketing or building a business or in any sort of sales, what is the language that your audience uses? When they're answering a question that maybe you ask them about like, oh, what do you struggle with the most? Instead of just answering that question and listening to the answer, you should be listening to the actual words that they are using. And this is why it's really happy to have these kind of like little interviews with your target audience on video or recorded in some way so that you can go back and actually hear the way that these people are answering your questions. You as an expert may word things completely different from someone who is just a beginner that you would be teaching in this membership or interacting with in this membership or selling to on your sales page. And so knowing the type of language that they use is going to be so helpful for you when actually relating to them. The other thing that I I looked into a lot was what is the budget or price point that my audience is at? And I actually did like a lot of story polls for this, kind of asking like, if I were to create something that has this, this, and this, what realistically would you be comfortable paying? And I got answers that were kind of like all over the board. You know, some people said $10, some people said $200 you know, like all over the place. And so I try to look at the answers that were most given to me or kind of the median or the the middle average of the answers that were given to me. And this was actually how I figured out my pricing. The other thing too, that I did during my research was I looked at competitors and while I couldn't find a lot of people who had a really similar product to me, I tried to find products that were kind of offering a similar amount of things and tried to see what they charge. And so I wanted my price to be 
really similar to that. Another thing that I did when I was actually looking at other companies who did similar things or maybe also had memberships was I tried to look what at what I could do that was different from what they're doing. I don't want to have a product that's exactly like someone else's that's out there. And I think that's one of the big problems with courses nowadays. It's like there's already courses for everything out there. And so it's really difficult to find an idea or think of an idea that no one else has or no one else has had in any way, shape or form. You know, like you don't need to necessarily think of something that's completely brand new, never before seen, but you do need to think of what is going to differentiate this course from every other course or this membership from every other membership. And one of the things that I found with a lot of the memberships that I was looking at were that you don't really get a lot of time with the person who is the owner of the company. And so that was something that I really wanted to do differently with Social Suite is I wanted to offer the ability for people to actually reach me, you know, come right into my DMs and I will be the one answering you. And so that's kind of one of my big points of differentiation. Another thing that is really different about Social Suite versus other memberships is I have a very different teaching style when it comes to pitching. So we use something called the anti-pitch method. If you've never heard of it, there's plenty of other episodes that I could direct you to that I promise will have a lot of information on anti-pitch. But I'm not teaching creators to to pitch to as many brands as possible and send 100 pitches a month. That's very different from the approach that I teach. And so that was another thing that really differentiated us. Step two in my process was choosing the right platform and the right format. Obviously, if you're going to be, you know, bringing people together or creating some sort of a digital product, course, PDF, membership, masterclasses, you know, one-on-one coaching, there's so many different ways that you can create a product where you are the expert and you are, you know, sharing your wealth of knowledge with other people. For me, I've had courses in the past and I've liked them. I still have a course that's up. It's self-guided, but in order for me to teach the way that I really like to teach, a membership program was the best for that. I really like to be very hands-on with my students. Like I like them to have access to me. I like to actually answer their questions instead of leaving it up to them to try and find the answers. And so a membership was really great for this because I could build relationships long-term with people instead of someone buying the course, maybe they go through a few modules of it and then I never hear from them again. A membership program where someone is paying every single month, I talk to those people every single month. So I really like the option of a, a membership for me personally, but it's also important to think about how does your audience learn? You know, Do you have a lot of people in your audience or that would be you know, your target? customer that really likes something self-guided. Maybe they don't need something where they're going to be there every month. Maybe they just need to get information from you once at the beginning of the month and then the rest of the month they're on their own. How are you going to format this in a way that is catering to how your audience learns? The other thing to think about here with like the right platform or the right format is how available can you be as a coach or as a mentor or as the 
owner of this product, how available can you be? What does your schedule look like? And how many hours are you going to be able to dedicate to being in this membership or this course or whatever it might be? And something to kind of think about with that is how are you going to scale it for the future? This is actually something that I've been recently making some changes with because we have grown so much in the first year of of Social Suite. At first, the idea was, okay, everyone who joins is going to have access to me when they need it. Monday through Friday, business hours, I'm there. However, as you grow and have, you know, 100 students, 200 students, 300 students, there becomes a point where you are not able to one-on-one have conversations with all of these people and still get everything else done that you need to get done. And so one way that we actually just kind of combated this before it became an issue was we created membership tiers. So now we have a lower tier where they get access to a lot of the great things about Social Suite, but not the one-on-one one access. And so that made it so much easier for me to get paid the amount of money that I should be getting paid for the people that need the one-on-one work. There comes a point where you have to decide, am I going to spend more time here and still get paid the same? Or am I going to spend more time here and make more money because I have clearly been more in demand? And who knows, in the future, maybe we have a third tier where it's even different from that. Once you've kind of figured out like, is this going to be a course membership? What is this going to look like? How available can I be? How is my audience going to learn? Then you need to think about what is the best platform for your needs. And there are so many of them out there, obviously all at different prices, including different things. I did a lot of research and I wanted to have something that was extremely user-friendly and easy for people to want to hang out in. And I really loved the visuals of Circle. I loved how easy it was to navigate Circle. And so of all the platforms that I played around with that are membership platforms, this was definitely the one where... I felt the most comfortable and I felt like people were going to have the best experience. Which actually brings me to the number three thing that you can consider here when you're creating a membership program is the user experience. You need to make it easy for people. I think we can all agree that when people get frustrated, it's really easy to give up. Like I have signed up for things or even like freebies that I've gotten, you know, from people's websites and things like that. If it takes me too much brain power to figure out how to get whatever it is that I'm trying to get. Sometimes I'm just like, it's not worth it, whatever, I just give up. And it's something that you don't want to happen with a membership because then it's going to be very difficult for people to actually use all of the benefits in the membership and then they are going to leave and stop paying, right? So making it a really easy user experience is so important. Think about the questions that they're going to have when they get into your membership or into your course or whatever it might be and answer those questions without asking. The way that we did this in Social Suite, when you sign up, there is a, a tab that says start here. And when you click on start here, it brings you to a few different videos 
videos where it has tutorials of here's how social suite works. Here's where you can find everything. Here's how you can contact me. Here's how you can download the app. Basically all of these little how to videos and tutorials for you to understand how the entire membership works. And so that is something that was really important for me to create. It's interesting since creating that, I feel like I almost never get questions once people get into social suite. Between the platform being very user-friendly and me making these little start here video tutorials, it's very easy for people to understand where to go and what to do and how to get the most out of their experience. One thing I would also suggest too is especially when a new user is starting in your membership, check in with them and let them know that you or your team, whatever it may be, are there to help. So I like to kind of send a little message, you know, after they've maybe been in for a week and just ask how it's going. Do they need any help? Like, have they been able to like explore everything? Um, and that is just so great for the person that's joining. Cause they're like, wow, this person genuinely cares about me being here and me understanding like how to use this new platform that I'm paying for. And that brings me to step number four is initiating connections and engagement. In my opinion, initiating connections and engagement in your membership is the most important part of building a membership. This is something that was difficult for me at first. I didn't realize I had to do it. I expected that I was going to start this membership. People were going to join and then they were just going to start using it. Like they were just going to start commenting on things and posting new posts. And I really thought this was going to populate itself. And this was kind of like a wake up call for me. It's probably one of the most important lessons that I've learned from having this membership program, you really are the host and you have to act like the host. Think about it this way. It's like going to a party and you get in and no one like tells you what to do. No one like tells you where the drinks are. No one introduces you to anyone. And you're just literally standing there and you're just like, I don't know anyone. I'm not going to go up to anyone and just like say hi. Like, this is weird. I feel uncomfortable. You're basically just like standing there wondering, how you can leave without being rude because you just feel weird, right? And this is the worst situation to be in in real life, like going to a party. But this is really similar to when someone joins a membership. They don't know, like, does everyone already know each other? Um, Like, is it weird if I just like ask a question? Are people going to like, you know, come at me and think it's weird? Or you have no idea when you get into a new situation like this. And because community is so important in a membership, you have to remember that you are the host of this party. You are the host of this membership. How are you going to get people to connect? Sometimes you have to actually help them connect. A few ways that I have done this in Social Suite, first things first was having an introduce me area. So basically what would happen was when you go through all of the tutorials in the start here tab, there is a step in there that says go to the introduce me tab and share information about 
about you. Like tell us about yourself, share links to your profile, share photos of your dog. I don't care what it is, you know, introduce yourself. And so I'm encouraging everyone to go in there and introduce themselves. But one other thing that I do in every single one of those posts is I read their about me and I think, ooh, this other person that's in this group that has a similar niche or maybe also has a similar dog that they posted, I will tag them in that post and say, ooh, you would really get along with X person. So now these two people, it's kind of like at the party where you bring one of your friends over to another one of your friends that you know would get along, but like they've never met before. And you're like, oh, this person, meet this person. You guys are going to like hit it off. I already know it. And so I try and again, be that networker, be that host to give them, you know, the opportunity to connect without either of them having to take the initiative because it's scary when you don't know anyone else, right? Another thing that we do when we first actually started Social Suite, we don't do this any longer just because of the capacity that I have and how unsustainable it is for me at this point. But when I first started Social Suite, every person that would join, I would get on a 15-minute call with them and just hang out, learn about them, listen to the problems that they're having, listen to how they're trying to build their business so that I could get to know them better in order to be able to, again, like connect them, tag them in things, like get them more excited to be part of this community. And one way that we do this now that it's a huge, huge, huge part of Social suite is all of our live group meetings. So we do at least one, sometimes two to three live group meetings every single week in social suite. And this is a live zoom call where anyone who's available at that day and time in social suite gets on this zoom call and we all just hang out and help each other out and, you know, give each other feedback. And it's cool because so many of these creators come every single week. And so they see a lot of the same faces. So now this person knows this person because they answered a question for them last week. And we kind of in these live group meetings, especially become closer and closer. And and now it's like, we're all friends. We all see each other all the time. When someone new comes in, it's like, oh yeah, come join the club. Like everyone is so welcoming because we're all comfortable because we've give, I've given them that space for them to connect and actually get to know each other. One other thing in these group meetings that I really love doing is letting other people than me have the floor. You know, when when someone asks for advice, a lot of the times I'll say, what do you guys think? Does it, has anyone had this experience before? Yes, I could answer the question and I will eventually usually answer the question. But in order to strengthen connections between these creators in my membership, I want them to be able to talk to each other. So how many different ways can you basically get your friend from over here and your friend from over here and bring them together so that they can get to know each other? There are so many different ways to do it, but I think that is the most important part and honestly the heaviest lift of having a membership program because I don't think a lot of people realize you have to do so much of that heavy lifting in the beginning to get it to be a place where people feel comfortable and then you can back out a little bit more. Even if you're backing out and not spending as much time, you know, networking people or connecting people, like people are kind of doing it a little bit more on their own at a certain point. One thing that I will personally always make time for, and that I think is one, again, equally as important as the relationship between members is your relationship between you and your members. 
for me, it's all about showing them that they are valued and they are supported. Whether that is, again, they're supported by other members or they're supported by me. How can I show them that they are valued? I remember their names. I remember if they told me they went somewhere on vacation. I remember if they you know, are working on something specific and I will ask them about those things because I know that that feels so good when I tell someone something and they remember it and they ask me about it. Like That feeling of, wow, someone's actually listening to me and is here for me and is again like supportive and showing me that I'm valued I think is so important to have someone consistently every month give you money for your membership and actually feel like they are part of a membership that is doing something for them so I think this is super important one of the hardest lessons that I learned was that You need to give it time and nurture the program, nurture the membership. This is my kind of step number six is really to just allow whatever your your product is to actually have the time that it needs to flourish. Too many people create courses or memberships and they do it for two months and they're like, man, no one joined or it was so slow or no one's talking to each other. I'm just going to give up. I'll tell you the first few months for me in social we were very slow with enrollments and slow for interaction. I was working extra hard to get people to interact with each other. Think back about that party. Like sometimes when you first get there and you don't know anyone, it's awkward and no one wants to start those conversations. But eventually, like if you're you're all just hanging there and no one's telling you what to do, you'll eventually get comfortable and be like, huh, this is weird, isn't it? And you start to connect with people and it becomes a little bit more comfortable with time. But also more people come to the party with time and then you're like, okay, I feel a little bit more comfortable even more now. So sometimes it just needs time. I know for me personally, like one of the things that I do that I'm so not proud of that I know is like one of my uh, horrible habits is I quit things way too quickly if I'm not getting immediate results. But with Social Suite, I told myself, I'm going to promise myself right now that I'm going to give this a full six months before I start anything new. No other courses, no freebies, no PDFs, whatever. This for six months is my full focus and we're going to see what happens. And I think that if I didn't promise that to myself, I probably wouldn't have social suite anymore because the first six months were hard. Like for six months, I was like, this is a lot of work and I feel like I'm not getting enough of a return. But now we're about... 15, 16 months after starting Social Suite. And we have over 130 members. I've raised my pricing. We have meetings every single week that are very well attended. Like it's, it just takes time and you have to be patient with yourself, but you also have to continue to nurture the program. You have to continue to nurture the membership. And when it comes to nurturing, it also is a matter of marketing right? Step seven, you need to talk about your membership too much. There actually is really no thing as too much. We are all afraid that we're going to overwhelm our audience with too much sales and we're too salesy that literally then we don't sell at all. Like think about 
the amount of times that you have shared your product on your stories per week. It's probably like once, maybe twice a week because you're like, well, I don't want to overwhelm people, right? Like I already posted about it once this week. I don't want to be annoying. But how many people see your stories on a one day versus the other six days? You have a few people who are going to watch your stories every day, right? But what about all the people who like just looked at your story on, on Monday, but you posted about your product on Tuesday and then they don't see it at all. You need to be every single day sharing in some way, shape or form that your product exists. And this is a lesson that I even myself today continuously have to like drill into my head because I'm like, oh, like people already know that it exists. Like if they wanted it, they'd come get it. But that's not true. So many people don't know that it exists. So many people need that repeat exposure to actually make a purchase. The other thing too is sell it in different places. Don't feel like your Instagram stories are the only place that you can share your podcast or your membership, whatever it is, reels, stories, TikToks, everywhere. You should be making different types of content in all of these different forms to share your product, not just one and selling it in different places too, outside of social media. You know, do you have a newsletter? Go on a podcast and talk about it, get featured in an article and talk about your membership. There are so many different ways that we can reach our target audience, but we're too afraid of being salesy and we're too afraid to put the time in and we have other priorities, but why are we going to spend all of our time, you know, thinking about how we have to make the perfect Instagram post when there are so many other people off of Instagram that would also like to see our product and know that it exists. So don't just focus all your efforts in one specific place and in that one specific place on one specific format. You have to diversify the places that you're selling and the methods that you're selling with. But I think the most important part of a membership is really, again, nurturing those connections, getting people to have fun, getting people to connect so that they can do the selling for you. I can't tell you at this point how many times my members in social suite share it on stories or when we're getting on a meeting, they post a picture of all of us in our Zoom call. Like People are excited to share about it. And that's one of the ways that I get new students in. Even for example, this week that this is going live uh, on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, we are opening up our date night calls, which is kind of like our spill the tea little like group meeting. We're opening that up to the public And I have let all of my social suite members invite their friends, invite other creators they know so that they can spread the word for me because they want other people to be as excited about social suite as they are. And so word of mouth is so important with memberships. I think it's a huge, huge, huge way of selling, but the best way to get people to talk about it is to get them excited. You know, when you love something so much and you just want to talk about it all the time, that's how I want my members to feel. And the only way that they're going to feel that way is if we go back to, you know, step four and step five, where you're initiating those connections with other people, but you're also showing them that, hey, I'm here for you. I value you. I'm here as a support system. Um, and, And I'm glad that you're here. I value that you're here spending your money with me every month. Now, obviously, with this being said, this is seven steps that I kind of went through when I was creating membership. Of course, there are so 
many different ways that people create membership programs. With my kind of ethics and the way that I like to do things, this is the steps that I went through. But I would love to hear any questions that you guys have or different methods that you've used to create your membership program because we all learn so differently and do things so differently. So my DMs are always open. I hope this episode was helpful for you guys and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.